This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, December 31st, 2017, Regifted. Well, good morning again, Connection Church. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. It's going to be a great year. My name's Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Mighty God, we thank you so much for this day. It's no accident that any one of us are here. And God, we look forward to um, your word found in Scripture. And we pray that we'll be changed and transformed by your love open our hearts so that we can receive you this day in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And everybody agreed and said, amen. Amen. So it appeared we were finished with gifts after we received the greatest gift ever on Christmas Eve. But then after it's all said and done, we had to take a look at those gifts that we, that would be re-gifted. Regifted. That's what we're talking about today. But first, we wanted to share with you um, some top 10. And this comes from Dave Ramsey. Who's heard of Dave Ramsey? Yeah, a few of you. Um, he's a nationally known best selling author and radio host. And he advocates fiscally disciplined, uh, personal and household approach to finances. And from a Christian perspective, he says it's okay to regift as long as you follow these 10 simple rules. So here we go. Number 10, the gift should make sense for the receiver. Only give if it's something they can use. Okay, number nine, take the tag off. They don't need to know. Aunt Sally gave the gift to you. <laughs> number eight, don't re-gift something uh, that you receive from meaningful people. Aunt Sally took time to pick out that scarf and wants to see you wear it. Amen not. Number seven, don't re-gift family heirlooms. Number six, avoid re-gifting within the same circle of friends. This may come back to bite you. All right. Number five, remember who gave you the gift. Hello. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> Number four, be timely with the re-gifts. Everything has its season. For example, the Wham! Christmas CD is probably way, way past its season. Amen that. Number three, re-gift in moderation. It's not like the Oprah show where everybody gets one. Number two, be honest. Be honest if you get caught in re-gifting. And number one, uh, come on now, rewrap the gift for crying out loud. At least do that much. So, I don't know if you can relate to one or more of these top tens, but we just thought we'd share these ten simple rules of re-gifting. There you go. Just so we're on the same page, let's go with the definition according to Wikipedia. Re-gifting is the act of taking a gift that has been received and giving it to somebody else. Now, it says sometimes in the guise of a new gift. I think it's better always be in the guise of a new gift. So yeah. just a few more things that Ramsey says. If he goes on to offer these suggestions about regifting, these are the good things to regift: Small appliances, dish towels, blankets, candles, gourmet foods, books, gift baskets, and gift cards, as long as they're 
full. <laughs> yeah, I got this gift card for $23.97. It was the weirdest thing, anyway. Ramsey says to avoid re-gifting these things, anything monogrammed. Hello? Anything that's been signed, anything already open like a CD or DVD, dated technology, you know, that old 8-track or cassette player probably is not going to play well. Or anything that was just a bad gift anytime, yesterday, today, or tomorrow. All right, so we've shared some rules and regulations about regifting to say, okay, it's okay as long as you go with that. But you know what? It just doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good when you know that you're the receiver of a regift, and I can't really say it feels that great to do the regifting. I mean, come on, if we're really, really honest deep down inside. But on the other hand, we want to offer you a perspective a new perspective, a different perspective that gives this idea of regifting a whole new spin. In fact, it is a great idea. This idea of regifting is actually what we're called to do as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ. You see, it's passing along to others the Christ-inspired gifts that we've been talking about this Christmas season. It's regifting the gifts of joy, hope, peace, and love. So let's start with joy. Joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of life, the quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be okay, and the determined choice to praise God in every situation. Now, for many people, the Christmas season isn't real joyful. If you live alone, if your family's far away, if they're close but they may as well be far away, if a loved one, someone close to you is no longer here, you know, joy may be tough to find during this Christmas season. Some, some people find this the worst time of the year. <clears throat> Part of that's because Christmas is the great magnifier. You know, if there's joy in your life, at Christmas it's real great joy. But on the flip side, if there's sadness, at Christmas that sadness is magnified because you look around and you're supposed to be happy and you're not. You know, it, it's more intense. If you're hurt or lonely, it tends to escalate at this time of the year. And so we would like for you to think about the people in your sphere of influence. We use the acronym FRAN, your FRAN network. Your friends, relatives, acquaintances, and neighbors. Think about those persons in your FRAN network who might be going through a tough time. And we're suggesting to reach out to them. Like, be a friend. Be a listening ear. Spend some time with them. Call them on the phone. And I'm not saying, oh, hi, how is it? I mean, like, don't be over the top. Woo. But just be kind and compassionate. Is there someone you know who's alone who might be in the hospital, who might be in a rehab or an extended care facility, who might be shut in at home? Letting them know that you care with some kind of expression of, a card or a visit or a call or a smile is repackaging 
It's re-gifting joy. There's someone that is very dear to us and to Connection Church. Her name is Miss Jane, and Jane gave us permission to do this. But we were with our grandchildren a couple days ago. We had this great excursion, but we decided that it was important for them and for us to kind of live this message out. So we stopped to see Miss Jane, and hopefully we brightened her day. Take a look. Ready, go. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive our King. Let every heart be fair in room. Let heaven and nature sing. Let heaven and nature sing. Let heaven and heaven and nature sing. Okay, what do you say to Miss Jane? Merry, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. She sang, every, we did Rudolph, we did Jingle Bells, we did, she sang every word and just loved seeing the children who she prays for. And so it was a wonderful experience. A lot of, a lot of jostling for a position on that, would you see that? <laughs> Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. That's what we sing, isn't it? Well, part of our marching orders as Christ followers to help others rediscover this joy that was born in a manger that day in Bethlehem, living out these words of Jesus, where he says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Yeah. In addition to repackaging joy, there's the gift of hope. Hope. Now, many people define hope as wishful thinking. I, uh, I hope this or I hope that will happen, but that is not the biblical definition of hope. Hope is the sure certainty that what God has promised in his word is true, that we can stand on the promises. That gives us hope. We're a people of hope. It's that firm assurance of what's unclear or unseen, but know that God has it. God has it. Psalm 33:22 says this, may your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. You know, a sad reality is we lived in a, live in a pretty messed up world, don't we? A world of violence, a world with far too much hatred. All we got to do is watch the news, open a newspaper, check social media. It's a world that sometimes seems pretty devoid of hope. And yet as followers of Jesus Christ, as believers in the manger and the cross, as the ones who sing of a silent night, holy night, and, and angels from the realms of glory, as the ones who celebrate the birth of our Savior Jesus, it's we who are called on to re-gift this gift of hope. And not just to one another, but to the world at large. We know, you and I know, that there is hope in the world. Say that with me. There is, is hope, hope in, in the, the world. world. There is hope in the world because it's real simple. Because Jesus is here. And he brings hope wherever he is. 
No matter what the circumstance, no matter what the conflict, no matter what the condition of things, Jesus brings hope. He is the hope of the world. He is the hope of the world. It's Jesus on whom we call when things seem hopeless. It's Jesus on whom we call when it seems all hope is gone. He brings a flicker of life, a glimpse of hope, an overwhelming sense that no matter what, he is there. God wants you and me to re-gift the hope based on us, our salvation in Jesus. There's a well-known Christmas carol. It's called, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. And there's a backstory actually to that. It was written by um, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow back on Christmas Day in 1863. Now it was published in 1864, but he wrote this poem in response to the near paralyzing wounds that his son received um, while he was serving um, in the Civil War. Now Longfellow had already experienced great tragedy and anguish just less than two years before when, and he was a father of six, and his wife actually died after her dress caught on fire. And so he wrote this poem trying to capture the disconnect of the world on Christmas Day, you know, singing joy to the world and, and all this, you know, wonderfulness, this goodwill toward men, and the disconnect of the injustice and the violence that he observes around the world. And so Longfellow wrote that he listened to the Christmas bells, playing those familiar carols and repeating this idea of peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And in the end, as he wrote, he finds confident hope, confident hope even in the midst of despair. And so Casting Crowns uh, has a great version of this song that we would like to share with you. And don't just listen to like the melody, but really zero in on the words. Based on the purpose of uh, Longfellow's writing, you can hear, you can see the emotion. And I don't know about you, but it takes me from here to there. Let's take a listen. Let's take a look. It's a great song, isn't it? You know, when you know the backstory of why it's written, it really has such great meaning. And we all experience that disconnect. But in the midst of that, we still should be able, because we're in Christ, be able to experience peace and to re-gift that. That's what we're talking about. So we see these words of Longfellow, the gift of peace is so closely tied to hope. Absolutely. As we read on the screen here, when a Peace is one of the greatest promises that Jesus gives to those who believe in him. Tranquility, harmony, security, that inner peace, right relationships. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word shalom, we, we translate usually as peace, but it's just so much more because in shalom, if, if anything is out of order, it's, you can't have peace. So it's a, a broadly speaking. And you just say that word shalom. Don't you get a feeling of peace? 
shalom. In Romans 14, 19, we read this, let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Edification is the building up of one another. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. There's certainly a great need for peace in the world at large, isn't there? Certainly need. And there's also a need for peace on a much more micro scale, peace in our communities, peace in our congregations, peace in our families. Think about regifting this gift of peace in order to bring a fractured family back together, helping the members who haven't spoken perhaps for years to once again communicate and share their love for one another. Maybe, maybe it's not a family member, though. Maybe it's someone right here at church. Maybe it's somebody at work. Maybe it's somebody in your neighborhood, whatever. Is there someone in your life who is at odds with someone else? And, and maybe you can help restore the relationship by regifting peace. Are you the one at odds? <laughs> and peace needs to be restored Peace needs to be regifted through you. There's a great image of peace found in Scripture. It's found in Isaiah. And actually, there's a painting called The Peaceable Kingdom. I know that many of you have seen that. But just, I mean, think about this image where the wolf will live with the lamb. I mean, the wolf living with the lamb is doesn't go together, but in this peaceable kingdom, it absolutely does. The leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. That's the prophecy that we get in Isaiah. The, cow, uh, the little child, the prince of peace. The cow will feed with the bear, their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. Mm. Perhaps there's a need for inner peace within yourself. Maybe you're at odds, in turmoil, unsettled in your own soul. Here we once again turn to a, a scripture we use frequently because it's so powerful, plus it's just a bedrock uh, scripture here at CCC. Uh, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Say the rest with me, please. And the and peace, peace of God, God which surpasses, surpasses all understanding, understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so this peace that we read about in Philippians, it's not logical. You can't make sense of it because it doesn't come from us. It comes from God. And God makes possible what we think is the impossible. I'll say that again. God makes possible what we think is impossible, and that includes peace with one another and peace around us. You know, one of the greatest witnesses, one of the greatest ways we can regift peace is, is to just live life as believers of Jesus Christ. And we all go through ups and downs and everything in between. And we're out in the community or we're in the workplace or we're at school. And when we can navigate through those really, really tough times with this sense of peace and as people with hope, 
those around us take notice and they're like, wow, how are you doing that? How does this even happen? I mean, you're going through this and it's horrific and you're still walking it out with your eyes, you know, in this direction. And then that gives you a chance, that gives me a chance to say, well, let me tell you where it comes from. And we have a great opportunity just with our very lives to get people's attention without beating them down, but just say, hey, well, it's Jesus in my life. So that's a way that we can re-gift peace and hope and joy. Mm. Finally, we're called to re-gift love. Unconditional, unmerited, undeserved love. The, as we've shared before, the Greeks had a word for this kind of love. They called it agape, the kind of love we read about throughout the Scriptures, the kind of love God has for us, the kind of love He shared with us when He brought His Son, Jesus Christ, to earth, baby in a manger, to walk with us, talk with us, heal us, forgive us, and ultimately to die for us. Check out what we read in 1 John. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because what? God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. And so that's the love we're talking about here, the love Jesus talked about when he told his disciples that there's no greater love than a person would give his life or her life for another, reaching out to our neighbors and knowing that Jesus defined neighbor as anybody other than oneself, especially those who are different than we are, especially those who are less fortunate than we are, especially those whose society has pushed to the margins especially those who are on the outside looking in. So regifting love is what Christmas is all about because we talk about love came down at Christmas. Love is among us. Love deep inside of us. And so taking that love that we've been offered, that we've been shown, that we've been given, and that we've received to share with others. Tell somebody how Jesus has changed your life hey, I was like this before I knew Jesus. Jesus, I accepted Jesus as my Lord, and here I am, and this is how my life is different. It's pretty easy. Here I was um, selfish and focused on career and money. Jesus came into my life, and now those things don't have a hold on me. They're not the lords of my life, because he is. That's a witness. That's how you can share, how you can re-gift love. Jesus is love. You know, we, we share all the time the wonderful gifts that we've received. Like, you know, I got this Fitbit. Isn't it really, really cool? How many steps have I done so far? <laughs> Not that many. Okay. So, but, okay, so we tell those kinds of things, but isn't it really important to share the greatest gift that we've ever received, ever? And that's our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm. So we want you to do something now. It's a little unusual, but we have purpose. Should I just 
close your eyes and bow your heads. Just everybody, just close your eyes and bow your heads. And in the next few minutes, we're going to ask you to do one of two things, depending on where you're at. The, fir the first would be, it's impossible to re-gift what we don't have. In other words, if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, it's impossible for you to re-gift or to share what that's all about with somebody else. So we're going to ask you, if you do not have that relationship, to right now, right here, open yourself up to that possibility. You can just say, here I am, Lord. You know, we're all sinners. I'm a sinner, just like everybody else, and I need to be forgiven and go in a new direction. I need a Savior, and I can't save myself. And from what I understand, Jesus, you're, you're the guy that can do this. Open yourself up to that possibility of Jesus being part of your life, that, uh, that he could come in, and the old would be gone, and the new would come. And you can do that right in your seat, or you can come up to the steps, you can go back to the prayer corner. Mike and Lori would love to pray with you, but just open yourself to the possibility of saying, here I am, Lord, I need a Savior. Today is the day. So with all eyes closed, keep your eyes closed. This is for those of you who already know Jesus, who have that one-on-one -on -one personal relationship. And so for those of us who are already believers, pray for direction, for renewed focus, for obedience to what the Lord is saying to us and directing us to do. And also, who is it, God, that you want us to share um, who you are to? Who is it, God? Who is it that you want us to witness to what it means to have a relationship with you. And we're going to continue, encourage you to continue to keep praying. Stephanie's going to play for a little bit, and the, and the uh, praise team's going to come up. And even then, do not feel a need to stop praying if you're not yet finished. And they'll be singing, but God can hear our songs, and he can hear each of our prayers. Keep praying. Go right through the song if need be. Keep praying until God is finished with you this morning. For now, for the moment, at least for today, keep praying until you get some kind of an answer to what you're praying about. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus in the life.